Welcome back to another exciting episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie. Today, we have in the lineup Sleep Paralysis and a lot of listener-submitted stories, followed by why Okinawa is the most haunted military base in the U.S. military. All right, buckle up. It's going to be another spooky episode. <laughs> Let's get to it. Alright, jumping right into the first set of stories. These are on sleep paralysis. This first one comes from Reddit. It's called Footsteps in the Hallway. One night, I woke up to what I thought was the sound of footsteps in my hallway. I was laying on my back, which immediately made me confused and a bit nervous because I never sleep on my back. I tried to turn my head to see where the sound was coming from but I couldn't move at all. The panic set in, and I heard the source of the footsteps come into my room. Now, although I could not see the figure, I knew it was a home invader. I could feel him standing on the opposite side of my bed, silently staring down on me. He had some sort of weapon in his right hand. I believe it was a knife. I swear... My heart has never dropped and raced like that in my entire life. I kept trying to trying to move or to scream, but I was frozen in place. It felt like hours. Ooh, <laughs> very creepy one to start us off tonight. Thank you, Ginger Oblivion from Reddit. That one was really good. All right. This one is another one from Reddit. It's called, I Could Hear It Breathing. I heard footsteps coming up the stairs of the attic, which ends up right beside my bed. I couldn't see anyone coming up, though. Suddenly, I realized I saw something in the corner of my peripheral vision, and I could hear it breathing. When I slowly rolled my eyes to the side, I saw the small head of a white-faced troll grinning and staring at me. I panicked, and suddenly all the phones in the house started ringing. This ringing sound built and built louder and louder. It scared me, and I knew for sure that I had permanent tinnitus. tinnitus. You know, that ringing in your ears. <laughs> After this short moment, which felt like a really long time. I had enough strength to locate and lift my arms. This immediately stopped all the hallucinations, and I woke up without tinnitus. Tinnitus. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> tinnitus. Tinnitus? Maybe. I don't know. All right. Thanks again to our Reddit users. This one is called Inaudible Whispers. My mind woke up, and my entire body, including my face, was under the covers and unable to move. I couldn't see a thing. I worried for a brief moment when I discovered I couldn't move at all. Then, things got scarier. I felt an enormous amount of pressure pushing down on my chest. I had the feeling as though the spirit, or whatever it was, had its face 
only inches away from my own. This wasn't enough. I heard inaudible whispers in both ears and pounding on the wall adjacent to the bed. I began to cry because that's all I could physically do. And in my mind, I was screaming as loud as I could, but nothing came out of my mouth. I began to struggle, and I finally burst awake and sat up immediately, still crying, and the room fell silent. Y'all, sleep paralysis sucks. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to say that word just because, you know, it's, it's <laughs> midnight. Sitting here in the dark telling ghost stories. So I'm not going to name something, but this this next story names something. Let's just call it a dark mass is the title. To me, the paralyzes always happen in cycles. I always sleep on my side or on my stomach. Recurring experience for me is feeling something evil floating over my bed. Slowly slowly coming down towards me. Even though I never see it directly, I somehow always feel and know it has this very, very wide grin on its face. It may not sound very scary coming to think of it, but the fact that it always have the same, and then it names it again, grinning dark mass mfr makes me feel super creeped out man i would hate to have sleep paralysis in cycles i've only had it a few times in my life i'm thankful i do not have it now all right face to face with the dead body this one again coming from our reddit users Back when I was hooked on FFXI, I don't know what that is, I was playing way too much. Okay, it's probably some sports game. I was playing way too much while neglecting my sleep. One evening, I went to bed stressed. I then spent a while tossing and turning in my bed. Upon turning to my right, I was face to face with the dead body of an old man. He had some kind of scaled reptilian skin after about five seconds which felt much longer he started to vanish then i could feel some kind of ominous omni omnipresent <laughs> some kind of omnipresent outside i don't know what that means <laughs> <clears throat> then i could feel some kind of omnipresence outside it was super early in the morning, so it was turning light. However, the sky and natural light began to dim rapidly at this presence was making its way into my room. I could feel it growing and growing as the window went pitch black. The pure, evil darkness began to seep into my room. So I jumped up and got the hell out of there, splash cold water on my face, and stop all of this onslaught, and didn't try to go back to sleep. This one, again from Reddit. The man with the knife. 
I feel I'm awake, but I feel groggy and so incredibly tired it's hard to move. Then I realize that actually I cannot move. Simultaneously, I am also acutely aware that I am in imminent physical danger. I can see a shadow in the room at the foot of my bed. It is a man with a very large knife. I know I must move to save my life, but I cannot move. I hold my breath as I cannot move. I instead try intensely to be as still as possible. I will my heart to slow down for fear he can even hear the inside of my chest pounding. He wouldn't try to stab me if I'm already dead, right? I stay this way, hardly breathing, drifting between awake and asleep again and again. Eventually, the male shadow is gone, and I can finally feel I can let go and drift back safely into sleep. Sleep Paralysis Loop I was lying in bed at night when I realized my body was rigidly locked in place. It was uncomfortable. I tried moving around, but and then my body started rising off the bed just a few inches. A terrifying sensation that woke me up. Such a relief. It was just a weird dream. Suddenly, I was rigid again, and there was an eerie green glow outside my window. And then I woke up. That was disturbing. I somehow began dreaming again with no recollection of having fallen back asleep. Suddenly, I was even more rigidly locked up than before. Floating so far off the bed, I was almost at the ceiling. And the eerie green glow was brighter than before. I panicked and woke up. This time I was actually awake. Sleep paralysis within sleep paralysis within sleep paralysis. Dreaming of being exactly where I was in my own bed at night within the same dream within the same dream. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Start questioning your reality. Is this a dream? Inception? <clears throat> Alright, next one is called The Little Girl. A few reoccurring characters are a banshee in my room screaming at me in some sort of demonic multi-voice. A little girl that walks up to me and resets my sleep paralysis and puts me into nightmares. I'm usually up for the rest of the night if I get a visit from either of those two. But I get them quite frequently when I'm stressed, and they tend to stress me out quite frequently. For the next night, so it compounds itself. Skeletons walking past my door, dead people staring at me from my window. I don't know why most of mine are centered around the dead, rotting things, but they are. And here's the kicker. I'm a 34-year-old man. I don't know why the little girl ghost scares me so much. Um, the demon from the dream in my room. I'm awake, unable to move. My body is tingling all over, and I'm seriously panicking. I can't move, and I remember just trying to jump out of my body. Just sit up, I told myself. As if I'm suddenly released, I bolt upright, turning on the bed lamp. I see the demon from the dream standing on the side of my bed. Naturally, I panic and scream. 
wake up my boyfriend who was freaked out. It took me about two hours to fall back asleep. Alright, the next story. Decaying man on my bed. It happened when I was 12 years old. I was obsessed with Justin Bieber. So much that I had a poster of him next to my bed. At the time, I fell asleep sleeping sideways on my bed so that I was facing my mirror. I could see the poster next to me. I woke up not being able to move, and instead of seeing my Justin Bieber poster, I saw a mangled, decaying man sitting on the edge of my bed staring at me. I was so scared, all I could do was close my eyes and hope that it went away. <laughs> I took that poster of Justin Bieber down that night. <laughs> this one is called The Tall Slender Figure. In a not-so-recent episode, I woke up in the middle of the night, unable to move, and saw a tall, slender figure enter my room. So far, it was an occurrence I am familiar with, as I have sleep paralysis on a semi-monthly basis. But this time, I watched as the figure crawled into it into big spoon position with me in bed, got uncomfortably close to my ear and whispered, Go back to sleep. And then I jolted awake, and there was no sign of anyone in my room. Oh my goodness. So, some of these, like, I don't know if, like, psychologists have, like, looked into this or anything, but, like, some of these sound, like, psychological, you know? Like, I know it's usually, you know, sleep paralysis is documented scientifically. Like, you can fall asleep and then something awakes you usually in terror um in the middle of REM sleep and obviously your body has for your own protection paralyzed you so you don't run off the bed or jump out a window or <laughs> sleepwalk you know so it's your body's natural you know protection measure is to paralyze you while you're in REM sleep so you don't act out your dreams but if you open your eyes during that phase, you will see hallucinations. And they're usually dark, scary, you know, demonic kind of stuff. Um, shadow figures all the way to just the really, really creepy. So what I'm wondering, because there are theories that say that sleep paralysis is both scientific and spiritual as far as some of it is real. Like, let that sink in a little bit. Like, some of it could be real. Um, taking that last one, for example, um, having somebody enter their room. Tall Slender sounds, like, super creepy. But the whole, like, go back to sleep. And, like, being uncomfortably close sounds like maybe something might have happened to this person, you know, that was untoward. And maybe this was their way of processing it. But I wonder if any psychologists have, like, looked into sleep paralysis and stuff like that versus, like, psychological damage. I don't know. It'd be an interesting study. All right, let's take a short break and then get right back into it after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, welcome back. I, uh, I'm going to jump right back into some of our sleep paralysis stories. So this one is called The Featureless Man. I remember waking up for no reason whatsoever. No loud noise. No touching on my body that makes me wake up. Just complete silence. I sat up thinking to myself that maybe I was thirsty or had to pee. But something felt very odd. A feeling I've never had before. I can't even explain the feeling, but certain people know exactly what I'm talking about. If I had to put it into words, I would say something along the lines of pure dread. I felt as if time simply didn't exist. I almost felt like the entire world just stopped. It even felt like my clock was frozen in time. I remember sitting up in a daze. As I sat up, I turned my head to the left of me, looking out my bedroom door. As I peeked through... I saw a man standing there, just staring at me. He had to be around seven feet tall. I'm not even joking. This man wasn't hollow looking at all. Not a ghostly look. You couldn't see through him. He looked like a human. Completely solid, just standing there staring at me. I remember seeing the detail in the clothes and everything. He had on all black boots and faded blue jeans and a huge puffy jacket very odd since it was the middle of summer and even at night it can still be warm even here in california the jacket the jacket had a hood that was over his head the odd thing is i could not see his face at all even in the dim blue light lighting him up his face just looked empty no facial features or anything, just a complete dark void where his face was supposed to be. As I sat there staring at him, I was just frozen. Not making a sound, I was washed over with this confusing feeling mixed with fear. I remember us just looking at each other for what seemed like minutes, but was most likely only 30 seconds. As I was looking at him, I felt completely terrified. I remember all of a sudden just knocking out. I was staring at him, then just slowly laid back down. Then nothing. Just complete darkness. This one is a zombie virus. It's not usually scary for me. Usually I hear a really loud buzzing sound and my head feels like it's vibrating. I had a weird dream, sleep paralysis, whatever, where I got infected with a zombie virus and had to get killed to save humanity. So I had to lay down in a chamber, and they turned on a machine that blasted radiation waves at my body. I couldn't feel, or I couldn't move, and felt this strange but somewhat nice, force, static feeling 
and the whole time I was feeling, this doesn't feel very painful for being radiated and burned alive, face to face with an old woman. I hear some kind of whisper very close to my ear. It was very fast paced and gibberish. When I opened my eyes to know what the crap that was, I saw an old woman hovering face to face about one inch from my face. She had a pale old face, black lip, and two very, very deep eyes. I'm not even sure if she had eyes, in fact. I think they might have just been sockets. After what felt like an eternity of panic, I woke up. I didn't sleep at all again that night. See, that's more typical of a sleep paralysis story. Ooh, this one should be interesting. Alright, it's called The Naked Murderer. <laughs> Already, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> One day, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I immediately realized that I couldn't move. I could not talk either, and quickly realized that I was experiencing sleep paralysis. That's when I saw a person standing in the corner of my room. I got really excited, not scared, just happy to finally experience it. At some point, I woke up and thought how cool it was. So I tried doing it again. I was really tired and I don't really remember what it, I did, but I managed to get sleep paralysis another time. Only this time I kept slipping into a normal dream, if there is such a thing, and then back into sleep paralysis. I dreamt about a crazy naked murderer breaking into our house when I was back in sleep paralysis. I think I saw the murderer from my dream in the corner of my eye, but with my waking eyes. Still, I was happy to experience it all, I think. I woke up again and tried to get into sleep paralysis again and managed to do it, but this time I did actually get scared. I remember something I had read a few years ago about sleep paralysis, saying a lot of people see the hat man standing in their room. I don't know why, but the thought of this really frightened me, and I woke right back up from the paralysis. Once I was awake again, I got really mad at myself for not just staying in paralysis, but I thought that I would just go back one more time. Yeah, you are not. <laughs> that is not, mm, you should not play with that. That's where, that's where I don't know if it's psychological, scientific, spiritual, because we as humans it has never been confirmed that we can dream share or that we have common fears such as you know these shadow figures <laughs> stuff like that i don't know but it has to be instinctual if it is a common fear but for all everybody to see like the hat man for example like everybody sees that so <laughs> It's just weird for these, but I think I'm going to take a break from these and get into some listener submitted stories. This one is called, I saw something like this. I was sleeping and when I opened my eyes, I thought it was my son. And when I was about to tell him not to be scaring me like that, my vision focused and I saw this. 
a figure of a black, dark void of a man. I obviously realized it wasn't my son, and I jumped up and screamed so loud my husband jumped out of bed. I yelled, someone was next to me, and he went and searched the whole house, and of course, nothing. So he lit a regular, normal, scented candle so I could sleep, but the candle flickered so much. I couldn't sleep. I felt so nervous and just scared. Also, about a year ago, I did experience sleep paralysis. A scary-looking not-human-like walked out of my closet and got on top of me and was choking me. I passed out and left my body. I wandered to our kitchen, and I could see my husband and son. My body went back, and I was fighting a demon-looking thing. I finally was able to make the sign of the cross, and it vanished. I jumped up and told my husband how I couldn't move, and everything I saw, him and my son doing. He freaked out because he said that's exactly what my son and him were doing while I was having sleep paralysis. We both couldn't sleep that night. Oh my goodness. See? Like, it might be scientifically explained, but... I mean, unless it's causality, like, they always <laughs> make peanut butter sandwiches at a certain time of the day or night, and so, of course, you would picture them doing that, you know? No. Like, it sounds like she really did astral project or something during that sleep paralysis episode and saw what they were doing, <laughs> you know? So, maybe something did attack her. Either way, it's terrifying. Thank you for submitting that story. Did you know, in the late 1800s, a nurse named Jane Toppin killed people in hospitals she worked at for fun? She made her own pills and handed them out. She picked out victims and poisoned them. She even killed children. She killed her family and anyone close to her. She ended up killing 31 people and was caught. Jane Toppin was found not guilty for reason of insanity. Edward Mordack was born with an extra face on the back of his head, which could only laugh or cry. He begged the doctors to remove it, as he claimed it whispered horrific things to him at night. He eventually committed suicide at age 23. Oh my gosh. I cannot. I cannot with that. Because, like, people already, you know, they hear auditory hallucinations and or like delusions even and it's perfectly normal there's nothing wrong with it you know they have medication for it and everything to be able to manage something like that but think about like having a whole nother face that only laughed or cried and people saw it laugh or cry so you can't argue that it was some kind of sentient but he's telling people that it's whispering horrific things to him and only him <laughs> and nobody believes him that sounds like a terrible fate <laughs> i just i don't know <laughs> like what kind of world are we living in that something like that even could happen to someone so i haven't posted for a long time and speaking out on experiences i have had due to people thinking it's mental illness to wanting attention but i now know i'm not crazy because a co-worker of mine experienced something with me 
My story is very long, and a lot of experiences started after the passing of my dad. So I'll cut to the experience about my coworker because I'm kind of scared for my soul. I don't know if this is the right place to write this, but I feel y'all might be able to give me options. And maybe something similar happens to you. So a few weeks ago, I saw something using an app on TikTok called GhostTube. I haven't had any experiences for a while and thought I was okay. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. I've done this so many times where, you know, activity picks up. Because <laughs> I'm sensitive to all kinds of the clairs and just all kinds of stuff. And when I start dabbling and stuff, when I start playing, <laughs> start looking for stuff. Like, it comes and it's obvious and it's terrifying. And I get it way in over my head. <laughs> but it's always whenever I'm like, uh, nothing's happened for a while. I'm fine. <laughs> and then I go messing and it all comes back. <laughs> so I digress. I haven't had any experiences in a while and I thought it was okay. So I downloaded it at work and wanted to play and spook my coworkers. It was mainly saying random things here and there, so I thought it was nothing. Well, I went to my mom's house, where a lot of my experience is surrounded by, and dreams of it. I wanted to play with it. It was saying different things, like past conversations during the day, or be careful, be careful, attic, haunted. But what stuck out to me was the last two words, Thomas, bloody. One night, one right after the other, my godnephew Thomas was killed. He was shot multiple times. So that was like what shortly after it seemed to go back to random words. So now back to back at work, I'm playing with it still. <laughs> I'm sorry. At that point, y'all, I would have thrown it away. <laughs> I'd have been done. <laughs> um, so that was like what shortly after... It seemed to go back to random words. So now back at work, I'm playing with it, and the lights start flickering everywhere. Not just one room, all the rooms. And the computer is turning off and on. It was talking to us, mainly answering questions, and we started feeling things touch us. And I felt something burning my back. Main thing I remembered it saying that scared me a bit was it said my name out of nowhere. And I asked what it wanted, and it what it wanted, it said higher and i said what then it said demon i delete the app and i was like not gonna give whatever it was much more attention like a week goes by me being dumb <laughs> me being a dummy i download it thinking i could just say the lord's prayer and tell it it can't touch us or use our energy I wasn't getting anything from the app that day, so I grew cocky and started asking a ton of questions all at once. Me and my coworker were sitting there, and I heard something whisper in my ear. And when I sat up, my coworker looked at me. We made eye contact, and a large, gurgling, deep sound came from behind me. I got up so fast. And she said she heard it too. We both got tears in our eyes. 
and I sat away from that spot for the rest of that time. I felt like something bad is attached to me. I used to have lucid nightmares and dreams, and other things have happened to me so so much I was a I was a wreck for a while and thought I was crazy. Everything died down for a while, but would have dreams, nightmares here and there. So anyone have an idea? I know I shouldn't have started up again, but my curiosity got the better of me. As I write this, I feel pressure on my right shoulder blade. My heart is pounding and I'm shaking. I want to know why this is happening to me, especially after my dad passed. There's a lot more details from 2018 to now, but I'm just going to talk about this current one for now. All right, so that's what she submitted to us. A lot of people commented and told her about smudging and using sage and everything. And I'll just read my admin response um, to her because it's kind of a warning for other people as well. Um, and again, I am not an expert on this stuff at all. It is simply me trying to help people out with what I've experienced and what I know so far. So, I let her know. So, I'm sensitive to this stuff, too. So, I can just offer my personal experience and perspective. Belief holds power. Sensitive people have experienced a lot of these things and therefore believe in all of this stuff very powerfully. Spirits notice whenever we notice them. When I get curious or start playing with stuff, activity always picks up around me. Always. Every time. For me, I grew up Christian. So for me it goes, <laughs> I believe in this stuff. I start getting a little doubtful. I start dabbling. I get experiences way more intense than I expected. I get freaked out. And then I call on God for protection until things calm down. <laughs> That's what works for me. Because... If I have a mustard seed of faith, you know, that God can help in that situation, you know, the deity that I'm calling on um, to protect me, um, you know, his word says that it'll happen like he will. So I went on to tell her, evil entities will disguise themselves to gain, gain your permission or consent. This app may be silly. But added with your with your belief, it's an open door into your life for anything. We can't play with this stuff, especially people that are sensitive. We can know it's real. We can tell others. But as soon as we give our belief or even our curiosity to it, it's like you've opened a door where one was shut. Calling on God for protection is my way. This still works even though I'm not religious because I have faith or that belief of a mustard seed that God will protect me. That's all it says. It takes a tiny bit of faith or belief. Others may have other protections or charms or um, some people use specific stones, obsidian, for example, for protection. Um... But, you know, the the Christian stuff's my background, so it's what works for me. Um, some people 
picture a force field of light around themselves that nothing can harm you through. Some people burn sage. Just be careful, because if something did attach to you, you can demand it to leave in the name of Jesus, but you also have to believe God can help for that to work. My best advice is shut the door, any of them. The ghost app, the research, the fascination, all of it. Keep yourself in a higher vibration so no lower vibration entities can attach to you, to your anxiety or depression or any negative emotions. It's a process. That's why I like to share stories and inform of our common lore, but even I have to take breaks when activity starts picking up. All right, she asked me after that, like, what, how do you get to a high vibration, stuff like that. Um, I was like, think of a higher vibration as anything positive and positive to others. And a lower vibration moods as like depression, anxiety, anger. So like a household or individual with a lower vibration attracts lower vibration entities such as bad spirits. Now, this doesn't mean if you have depression, you will get a bad spirit. <laughs> it's when one focuses on the lower vibrations and just accepts that they're, you know, an angry person. And then constantly feeds that anger and acts on that anger. That invites that chaos. There are definitely ways to help others with the gift. Um, like them waking you up. That was a gift, you know, to save people. Because um, she said she got woken up one time by a voice and she saved her neighbors that were, their trailer was on fire. When I say I don't play with stuff, meaning make sure you have protections, make sure you are not trying to conjure or dabble in things, you're not ready for the consequences. I've used my gifts to help others, but I'm telling you, a lot of the times what I would see or know and then tell people was automatic. It just popped into my head. I didn't search for it. I didn't have to conjure a premonition or something like that. It would just be a knowing or a phrase that would pop in my head and I would say it, which was exactly what somebody would need. So it's more of an observer kind of role. The few times I've actually went searching, I've always gotten in over my head. Again, that's just my experience. Others may have more solid advice for you about it. And like I said, I'm no expert. So that was one of our listener-submitted stories and my response. A little dialogue for you. Did you know, after 10 minutes of watching yourself in a dimly lit room, your brain literally gets bored and starts scaring you? You'll very likely see a monster. That monster is your reflection. A combination of your face, or another face, and your brain. This causes you to see imaginary monsters such as Bloody Mary. <laughs> Alright, let's take a short break and come back right after this. Alright, welcome back. While we're waiting for our next story, uh, let me tell you a little bit about doppelgangers. We've talked about them in a couple of our episodes. But we all have heard the stories about our doppelganger, or our double. But it is much darker than most think. Legend has it that if you come face to face with your 
with your doppelganger, it's an omen or warning of death for both you and your twin. Because of this, if you see a replica of yourself, run for your life. If you keep seeing your doppelganger, chances are that your days are numbered, because you'll soon see your demise. There are many stories regarding encounters with doppelgangers, none of them pleasant. Some people that a doppelganger is just a counterpart that does not believe that you both can exist in the same world, and in fact, can kill you. Sometimes it's good to be afraid of your own shadow. Alright. <laughs> that story was messed up. <laughs> but, speaking of messed up... <laughs> here's another one. A couple had just moved into a small castle they'd recently purchased, and were excited searching all the nooks and crannies. In a large, underground room, they found many empty barrels that had been tapped years ago and one that appeared to be full. They immediately tapped it to find it contained the most delicious brandy. They drank and served it at parties, enjoying not only its flavor, but that it could have been hundreds of years old. Months later, when the barrels ran dry, they noticed it was still too heavy to be empty, so they cut it open and found a shriveled corpse curled in the barrel. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> like, those are things that get shared on social media, and it's just kind of like, where do people come up with these things? Like, like, I hope that some of these are made up. <laughs> All right. Here we are. A story my dad would tell me. My dad is a child at a cabin out in Michigan. My grandfather invited a bunch of people over one night, and they were all drinking and having a great time. A girl had to use the restroom, and during that time, they had a shack a few feet away from the house. She took some toilet paper out there and was out for a bit till. She started screaming at the top of her lungs. Everyone ran outside, and my father, or my grandfather, had a shotgun. In the full moonlight, they saw a dark human figure shaking the shack. My grandfather calls out to it as my dad watched in terror. The thing looks at him, and he can see only that its eyes are almost glowing. The thing runs at my grandfather at full speed, and my grandfather shot it multiple times. The thing stops about 10 feet away, tilts its head, and runs back into the woods. The next day, my grandfather went to the sheriff's office to turn himself in. He thought he probably killed somebody. The sheriff and deputies went out looking in the woods. Five miles away, they found a shallow grave with a dead male in it. They did an investigation and an autopsy, but they found that the man was already dead around the time my grandfather, my dad, and their friends had their incident. So no charges were brought to my grandfather. My dad told me that my grandfather believes, and so does he, that what they saw was the spirit of the man trying to find help before he actually passed. 
my goodness. Thank you for submitting that story. It seems like I love, like, I love our list of stories that we find on the internet, but honestly, there's nothing more valuable to me than my listener submitted stories. Because to me, that's, that's everyone's common lore. It's usually a family secret, you know, but every family has this. It's a common thing that nobody talks about, you know, but if we can put all of these stories together, like, that is that is lore that all of us <laughs> share, you know? So I really like being a part of, like, being able to collect that and put it out there. So thank you again for trusting me and for sending in your stories. Um, if anybody has any stories that they would like to be read on the podcast, please remember to send them in to me or... Just go ahead and post them in our group on Facebook. It's called Paranormal Stories, and in parentheses, Spooky Shiz. This one's called The Mirror. So this took place a few years back, when I happened to be in the shower. Now, there was four mirrors in our bathroom, two side by side, on the wall outside the shower. One was on the wall above the towel rack, and our medicine chest had a mirror on the door. Okay, so I was just about to rinse my hair. I tilted my head back, and I felt my nose running pretty bad. I thought it was strange out of nowhere, so I touched my nose and noticed I had a bad bloody nose. I got out of the shower and went to look in my nearest mirror, which was the one right outside the shower. Anyway, as I lean in to get a better look, out of the corner of my eye, I see in the medicine cabinet mirror an image of myself, my hair dry, tied back. I'm wearing a black shirt, and as I'm leaning in, so is that image. I was incredibly freaked out. I grabbed my towel and got out of there as fast as I could. I was so scared. It took me a while to actually use any of those mirrors again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would not um, use those mirrors, like, at all, at all. All right, this has been fun, guys. Um, let's see... There's a couple more submitted stories. Again, with everybody that has submitted, thank you for your patience, and thank you for keeping on submitting your stories. Um, eventually, I will get all of them on the podcast, um, and I get so excited whenever you guys post new content or send me your stories. Um, it's just really cool. I was going to let you guys know that the group has hit over 200 on Facebook, so that's another milestone. So we'll do a extra special spooky episode coming up in celebration of that. But also to celebrate over a thousand plays, <laughs> which is also a super huge accomplishment. So thank you guys for listening. All right, jumping right back into a listener submitted story. This is called Hell's Gate Cemetery. Have you ever heard of Hell's Gate in Spartanburg, South Carolina? It's the most haunted cemetery in... C cemetery. 
<laughs> it's the most haunted cemetery in South Carolina. It's a place where prisoners, orphans, people with no family were all buried. I heard the stories about it, and it didn't scare me away from wanting to see it. So one Halloween night, after I got off work, my buddy called me and said, I heard you wanted to go to Hell's Gate. That's when it started to get getting weird. It was a clear night, but once we started getting closer to the cemetery, the sky started to get cloudy. You could hear the wind picking up in speed also. We get inside the gates. His brand new CD started skipping songs. We thought nothing of it, for we chalked it up to a few bumps we, we were hitting, we hit coming in. Alas, we turned the car off and started walking. In, oh my goodness. Alas, we started, ah. Alas, we turned the car off and started walking in. As we did, the howling wind suddenly stopped. It was so silent, you could hear something breathing, but you couldn't see it. All the while, in the background, you could hear a mixture of children laughing and the scream of sacrifices. Satanists go there quite often, I found out. So we walk along the path, not on graves, though, as to show some form of respect. But as you got closer to the children laughing, I heard a ball bouncing and a kid asking for someone to play with him. My friend didn't hear him ask to play, but he heard me say no. So we continue to walk through this place, and each step I could feel the events that were about to transpire. I kept getting this feeling that something was watching me. The breath, I thought, I thought then I asked my friend how he felt. He said he was fine. So I just figured I was getting caught up in the eeriness of the night. We were using our phones for flashlights when all of a sudden I hear something running across the fallen leaves around us. The cemetery is pretty much in the woods. And once that happened, both of our phones died. Mine had been at 78% and his was at 100 I thought to myself, no way, this is happening right now. Suddenly, it's all around us, moving. We can hear, but we can't see. I see something moving out of the corner of my eye, and I look to see the figure climbing up this pine tree. Mind you, there's nothing to grab onto for climbing this tree. I move so fast, it moves so fast, and perched itself right there staring at me. With beating dark red eyes. I said we should go now. As we went to start the car, nothing turned on. As we're pushing the car out, I heard a demonic laugh in my ear, saying, I'll see you later. That spirit has followed me across the US. I haven't seen him in a while, but I feel him every once in a while. I took the spirit it took the spirit of an old man pretending to be my grandpa for years until one day I met a witch who said what he could do. Yeah, who said what he could do to get him to stop following me. When I heard your sleep paralysis story, it made me think of the time it almost killed me. I woke up with hand marks on my neck and throwing up black. This is when I decided to seek out help. He's still around, but he can't touch me anymore. 
I'm pretty sure I'm a magnet for them. The craziest part was how this thing looked. I saw its whole figure. It looked like a mix of Slenderman and Hatman. I've seen him as a kid, so hearing your story made me feel better. He had these long pointed fingers that were wrapped around the tree branch. Yeah, I had a few terrifying moments with the evil spirits. I'm sure I'll share more to come. Ooh, that was a sabuki story, man. Thank you for sharing. It's from Tim Farrell. In our Facebook group. My gosh. That is freaky, freaky, freaky. But thanks for sharing, man. He also shared a website that talks about six spooky spots in Spartanburg. Including that cemetery. Alright. I don't know if I've shared this one yet so if it's a repeat i apologize this one is called childhood memory and it was a submitted story i just have to make sure that if they wanted it to be on the podcast that i include it um and this one's pretty good so i don't want you to miss out this is a childhood memory it's a submitted story and again if it's a repeat oh well (laughs) so this actually happened to me when i was a kid maybe eight or nine I remember waking up from my sleep, and my nose was two inches from the ceiling. I was floating. I lay flat, and all I could see was the ceiling of my room. But I was floating out really, really slowly. I saw the threshold of my door as I passed it. The light fixture in the hallway floated through the family room, where I saw the fan in my peripherals, and then passed other thresholds into my parents' living room. And I sincerely felt like I was flying, floating. It was so real. That's all I remember. But then I woke up in the living room couch in the morning, fell asleep in my bed, woke up on the couch, exactly where I was headed in my dream. I was super freaked out. I ran and asked both parents if they had moved me to the couch in the middle of the night, and they said no. Still to this day, I am searching for answers. Originally, I would have thought it was astral projection because I know I have astral projected many times. But my physical body actually moving is what has confused me with this story. Very cool. Very cool story. Definitely wanted to make sure that that got included. Alright. Why Okinawa is the most haunted place in the military. The profession of arms deals is in death. The profession of arms... deals in death, no matter how we like to think of our daily military lives. No matter what your military specialty is, you're helping that to that end. If you're a cook, you're feeding warfighters who are out there dealing death. If you work in finance, you're reimbursing travel vouchers for troops who likely dealt some death. Combat cameraman, you're documenting the history of dealing death and inspiring others to join in. I'm not passing moral judgment. I was in the military too. That's just the reality of what's happening. In that respect, not only does it make sense that some military installations, vehicles, and battlefields would be haunted, if you believe in that sort of thing, it should actually make us wonder how military installations, vehicles, and battlefields aren't more haunted. 
Nowhere else is that more apparent than the Kidena Air Base in Japan. Building 2283. Rumor has it it was the house that was demolished in 2009. Building 2283 on Kadena's base housing was notorious for being the single most haunted house in the entire U.S. military. No one lived there for a long time, and the building was reportedly used for storage, but no one could stand to stay there. It was said that the Air Force officer murdered his entire family there before killing himself sometime in the 1970s. The next family, military family to move into the house experienced feeling of unrest and paranoia until the father of the family stabbed everyone. So it became storage. It became a storage shed. But that didn't stop the house from haunting people. Passerby reported hearing sounds of children crying, strange laughter, and in one instance, report of a woman washing her hair in the abandoned house sink. You might ask what took the Air Force so long to tear the house down, which is a valid question. Kadena reportedly attempted to tear it down, but workers attempting to destroy the building reported headaches, hallucinations, and suffered from a high rate of on-the-job injuries. Teachers at the daycare next door, yeah, there was a daycare next door to this the whole time, complained that the children on the playground throwing toys over the fence because the little kids on the other side asked them to. Other reports have cited ghostly phone rings, despite there being no phone line attached to the house. Faucets turning on by themselves, curtains opening, and even a sight of the house glowing. If the hallucinations and urges to kill your family weren't enough to dissuade anyone from living in the house, the worst selling point for moving in might have been the goddamn samurai warrior that rides his horse through the living room every once in a while, for reasons unknown. That's the only sighting of the samurai warrior. Or, that's not the only sighting of the samurai warrior. A similar samurai warrior is said to ride the road to Camp Foster up Stillwell Drive, reportedly headed to the base housing. Alright. There's nothing creepy about security forces. Not inherently, anyway. Those guys look sharp. But when you're pulling up to a gate at 3am and encounter a World War II-era marine covered in blood and asking for a match, things take a turn for the creepy. That's what happened at Camp Hansen's Old Gate 3. More than once. In a weird way, it's a good thing the ghostly marine was hanging out at the gate, defending lives American troops. Because ghosts of World War II, Japanese soldiers were reportedly at the same gate all the time. The haunting happened so often, some say every weekend, that Marine Guards began to refuse to stand guard at Gate 3, and the entry control point was eventually closed. Closing the gate seemed a little unnecessary since the soldier would disappear once his cigarette was lit. Kadena's Banyan Tree Golf Course Cave During World War II, the Japanese maintained a field hospital on site where Kadena's golf course was built. After U.S. troops took the airfields on Okinawa in 1945, Japanese nurses, terrified of Americans due to the Japanese propaganda, committed suicide in a nearby cave. These days, o Okinawas won't go near the cave 
because the women are said to still haunt the cave in the nearby island. It's a part of Kadena's annual Halloween ghost tour. All right, Mata Point, Prophet of Doom. If you're around Mata Point in Okinawa, you see an elderly man walking around a tomb near water, just go ahead and row to shore. Go right to personnel, retire, and fly home. It's not worth sticking around, because rumor has it that the old man is a ghost, and every time someone sees him, there's a body washing ashore on a beach nearby in just a few days. The point is apparently the site of many, many suicide jumpers who ended their lives by throwing themselves off the cliff. Not only that, this was also the site of another field hospital used in the Imperial Japanese Army in the World War II. If an old man foretelling doom wasn't enough, scuba divers even report seeing ghosts underwater. Some of them end up jumping off the haunted cliff for the rest of eternity. As Ghost Jumper reports, uh, are as ubiquitous as taco rice. Very cool. That was shared by one of our, an article shared by one of our listeners. Thank you for that. All right. We will end our episode today with an article that says, there's a reason some people like to be scared. It's by Kendall Turner, the North or the East Texas weekend. All right. It's no secret that some people love scary things more than others. It turns out there's a few reasons why. Does your personality type make you a lover of being scared? Actually, yes. Margie Kerr, PhD, sociologist and author of Scream, Chilling Adventures in the Science of Fear, says in an article that these personality traits stand out. Conscientiousness, open to experience, extroversion, and agreeableness. Believe it or not, there's science behind why some people enjoy haunted horrors more than others, and it goes beyond someone saying because it's fun. When some people walk through a haunted house or sit through a scary film and have positive feelings about it, it triggers our body's sympathetic nervous system. Then our bodies release a different neurotransmitter and hormones when we sense fear. And our brain always plays a part. When you're walking around a haunted house or sitting on your couch or in a theater, you know you're safe. Your brain is processing your fear, but your frontal lobe is telling you that in reality, you're okay. Another big reason people love being scared is for the sense of accomplishment they feel on the other side. Our findings suggest that going through an extreme haunted attraction provides gains similar to choosing to run a 5k race or tackling a difficult climbing wall, says Kerr. There's a sense of uncertainty, physical exertion, and a challenge to push yourself, and eventually achievement when it's over and done with. So what are you waiting for? Go forth in fear. Very cool, very cool. All right, that's it for this episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and I would like to thank you guys for listening. And encourage all you people to stay spooky. Alright, that's the end of this episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie. And I'd like to wish you all a very spooky week. And encourage you all to stay spooky.